How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagne here, welcoming you to edition number 22 of Joe vs. the World. I uh, have to apologize for the lack of a show last week. We had some scheduling uh, problems, but I'm making it up to you today with a supersized Ted Petty Invitational recap show with not one, but two guests. And my first guest was at night number one. He is a longtime friend of the show. It is Ken Drelling. Ken, how you doing? Doing all right, Joe. How you been? Uh, I'm fantastic. I said your last name uh, correctly. Uh, yes. It's Drelling, right? Okay. Yes. Always worried about that, but... It's all right. That's okay. I, I have to mention this. When we were scheduling the show, we had to schedule it around a haircut, which is not the first time I've done that, actually, but... Um, well, yes. Um, I, have a, I have to get the fancy haircut because I have a wedding next week. Oh, you were getting... Are you getting... It's your wedding, right? My wedding, yes. Oh, that's... Uh, can I make a suggestion? Yes, go ahead. You're going to have a, a reception afterwards, right, with a DJ? I am going to have a reception, yes. All you got to do is play a loop of this show over and over again instead of a DJ, and people will be so impressed. I I think we have something. Oh, there you go. You'll save a bunch of money. Oh, I can cancel that DJ now. I can yes. tell him not to play Teenage Dirtbag on a loop and to play Go <laughs> vs. the World on a loop. There you go. I'm sure they're, they're going to play YMCA. They're going to play every goddamn song you've heard at every goddamn wedding. So, Celebration by Cool in the Celebration by Cool in yeah. the game. The only time I want to hear that is at a wedding or a bar mitzvah. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, the Ted Petty Invitational for IWA Mid South, the number one tournament in the Indies today. You have other tournaments like the Battle of Los Angeles, Best of the Best, but TPI was around first, and it's pretty much always been the best. And also, uh. It holds a special place in my in my heart because I trekked out to lovely Hammond, Indiana, to last year's event, hung out with Ken, who was a wonderful host, and it was the best wrestling experience of my life. Including the snoring Ken? Well, uh, actually, yeah, I had to go to another room and sleep on the floor in front of the bathroom and was uh, not curb-stomped, amazingly, by someone in the middle of the night. But besides that, everything was great. Yes, nothing like stuffing nine guys into a hotel room. <laughs> Nothing like it at all. And we watched British wrestling at, uh, like, 2 in the morning, and good times. Is, that, is there a better time for British wrestling? <laughs> I can't think of one. But uh, there is an extended travelogue at thecubsfan.com for those of you who are interested, which should be all of you. But uh, onto the actual wrestling, how long have you been a fan of the uh, IWA Mid-South? I got into it after hearing about one of their June 2002 shows. I heard about... Um, a Tracy Smothers riot, and I'm a huge, unabashed Tracy Smothers mark. And the great storytelling of Raven Mack convinced me to order my first IWA tape from Smart Mark Video. Was that the uh, no? Was that the one with Tracy against uh, JC Ice? Yes. The, the mini riot. Yes. That yes. is a, that uh, is no a blood, wonderful no guts, show. No, no blood, no guts, no glory. 2002. June that 15th, is a great show. Oh wow! <laughs> and since then, I've been somewhat of a fan. Uh, they moved. They moved further north in Indiana. I was living in Chicago, Chicago and Chicagoland area, pretty much the entire time. And they moved up to Northwest Indiana, which is relatively close. And their first show was October, I believe, thirteenth, two thousand three, in Highland, Indiana. And I went. And sadly enough, Tracy Smothers was in a car accident on his way to that show, so Aww. did not get to see my my idol, but. He has since came many other times, and I was a Highland regular. And sadly, I've not gone to many shows. In fact, this was my first IWA show of 2006. And I picked a doozy. Yeah. Because was it was just, uh, oh, was it just like not having time for shows anymore? Or uh, nothing, nothing yeah, to do with the product? Much, 
pretty much I always I seem to almost always have something planned already when they would announce the show dates. It was just irritatingly inconvenient in that manner. All right. Well, we had uh, quite a card here, and everyone was there. Everyone showed up to a TPI. Nobody had strep throats. <laughs> so all is good. Last year was bad when the replacement started needed replacing. <laughs> yes. Including Tracy Smothers. Might have been a replacement that needed replacement. <laughs> uh, how many fans were there uh, about? I'd say the Night 2 had a few more, but I'm probably going to guess around 220, 250. Hmm. Somewhere in that, that general region for Night 1. All right, and uh, we started off, we had uh, M-Dog 20 against Ricochet, which sounds like uh, quite the matchup. It was. Uh, Ricochet delighted us all by coming out to Let's Go Crazy by Prince. I think more people need to start using older songs instead of new metal. Mm. And that was delightful. And it was a good, um, flippy, high-flying opener to start off the show, get everybody into it. And M-Dog 20 pulled out the victory using one of my favorite M-Dog 20 moves. Well, he used it during the match, but he did his flagpole spot where he holds on to the ring corner ring post and makes himself hang outside like a flag and then drops with an elbow or a splash. I remember uh, seeing that move against um, when he when he beat Chris Hero for the IWA Mid-South title years and years ago. And I just remember a, a hideous spot where he... I think he jumped off... Uh, um, what was it, like a pole or something, onto a table that had Chris Hero on it. I think he landed right on Hero's knee, and Hero... It's either a great seller or he was in monstrous pain at that point. Mm. Do you remember? That? I remember. What? It may have been an anniversary. I have show. that show, but I haven't watched it in many years. It was something he jumped, something ridiculous he jumped off of. Yeah. <laughs> so we had that. Uh, then we had Mike Quackenbush over Colt Cabana in what was apparently a real good match and had a great ending to it. It was my personal match of the night. They brought the fun mat work and Euro stylings that I'm known to get quite the kick out of. They spent a lot of the match on the mat, um, reversing holds, a lot of switches. Um, I, at the beginning, it almost seemed like someone made a bet with Colt Cabana that you can't get Mike Quackenbush to laugh in the <laughs> ring, because the first five things Colt did wasn't even that funny for us, but you could almost tell he was trying to get Mike to chuckle, and he he was successful. And then the match went on from there. Um, Colt pulled out one of my favorite moves, which is his butt-butt, which mm -hmm. he referred to as the flying asshole. <laughs> and I have worked, now worked blue on the Joe vs. the World show. Eh, it happens. Uh, what was the ending that uh, everyone was raving about? It was, um, I'm not really one for paying close attention to move, 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 mm -hmm. but I know it involved lots of reversals and then a Northern Lights 2K1 to mm. finish it off. Quack usually has a good... Uh, he, he had a great run last year, especially his match against Alex Shelley, which was also, I think, the match of the night for night one. Oh, yes. Huge. Um, I'm, I'm a big Quack fan, and IWA just loves the guy. Mm. And it it's almost something special whenever he comes out. Because the last time he was out was for TPI last year. Oh. I believe uh, Ian talked uh, about him the next night and said he needed to come out more often. Oh, yeah, night two, he talked about how Ted Teddy was always one for making everyone better, and he talked about how Quack is one of the few trainers that teaches the kids 
to do everything right, not just in the ring, not just to do wacky moves, but teaches them how to act in the locker room, how to how to treat themselves right, and other feds and things of that nature, and just pretty much said, we need more Mike Wackenbush, and I am all for it. Here, here. All right, match three, we had uh, Chris Hero beating Ricky Reyes. Um, this one was kind of almost the opposite of Quackenbush and Cole Cabana, where that was hold-for-hold hold, matchery, while Chris Hero and Ricky Reyes was just pound them, beat them, pound them, pound them, pound them. There it's was kind of a, a hard-hitting fest. Oh, it was definitely. Um, Chris Hero is quite possibly my favorite wrestler to hate. He reminded me that I should go get a couple more pizzas of pizza because I'm not fat enough on night two. <laughs> and he's just the ultimate in dickery, and he's just so phenomenal in the ring. And he pretty much dominated most of this match. Um, Ricky got... got a couple of suplexes in at the end and was able to lock him in the dragon sleeper and we all begged and pleaded for Chris to tap. But alas, it didn't happen. Hero reversed it, um, pulled a couple of moves out and then went for a standing moonsault, which I don't think I've ever seen Chris Hero do, hmm. and to get the win. Um, the dynamic for the crowd, though, was very weird because Chris Hero is the ultimate dick in IWA, but... The crowd was split. I'd say maybe even a, more than vocal half of the crowd was behind Chris Hero. Hmm. What do you think that was? Because Ricky Reyes isn't really like a babyface kind of guy. Um, not. I don't think it had anything to do with Ricky Reyes. It's um, I think it might have to do with the Trick Davis Eric Cannon feuds that Chris has had been have going on, mm-hmm. and a lot of the crowd is just kind of reversing the roles in that feud even though Trick is the plucky baby face and Eric Cannon is the guy that finally got a chance to beat his evil mentor. But the crowd just is going opposite against it, or half the crowd is, hmm. at least. And I cannot fathom a reason why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, match four, we had uh, Hollow Wicked beating Scorpio Sky, which uh, sounds okay, I guess. That didn't really jump out at me when I saw the, the match listing. Yeah, it's, I mean, Hollow Wicked is very solid, and Scorpio Sky, I don't know much of. I don't. I haven't gotten too much into the West Coast stylings and things. But this was um, definitely solid. Uh, I'm actually blanking right now on what <laughs> yeah. all happened. It was, I mean, it was, I remember enjoying it. Um, but no, to be honest, I don't remember much about this match. All right. Uh, it does not seem like one that would stick in your mind. No, it it wasn't. It was good from what I remember, but I couldn't tell you anything specific about it. All right. Well, Hollow Wicked won with a move, we'll say. Yes. There was a move involved in the match. Perhaps a slam of some sort? Possibly some striking. A strike? A submission There's definitely hold. some posing. Posing, Okay. <laughs> All right, then we had, speaking of plucky underdog Trick Davis, we had Trick Davis beating Eric Stevens. And uh, who the uh, who the hell is Eric Stevens? Eric Stevens is a Florida guy um, trained by Roderick Song. And he came out with a nice leather jacket with the sleeves ripped off, um, a mohawk, which I believe is the oh. second best mohawk of the weekend. There were three. <laughs> 
Um, Eric Cannon being a regularly Mohawk gentleman. And sure. Ian's son, John Calvin, had the award-winning uh, Mohawk of the of the weekend with a flat Mohawk the first night, but the second night he went for the full-out Unity Spikes. Wow. On All right. On an eight-year-old kid. But, but to the Chick Davis-Eric Stevens match, uh, this was uh, Trick Davis kind of coming out, being aggressive to start it off. And he got Eric Stevens on the floor um, early on, and Eric Stevens' first successful offensive move was a powerbomb onto the corner of the apron. Ow. <laughs> yes. And um, Eric took, off, took, took over for quite a while from there. And he inexplicably got over with the crowd by, while doing a running into the corner type avalanche or clothesline type move, saying choo-choo before running into the corner. And Eric Stevens became over for the rest of the weekend by being the choo-choo man. The crowd chanted choo-choo every chance they had at him. <laughs> you know, when I saw the results, I saw someone wrote Eric Choo-Choo Stevens. And I'm like, what kind of nickname is that? But uh, it's... I got him over, um, even though he was a mean jerk who powerbombed guys onto the apron, but he came out almost face-like this next night due to the choo-choo. But um, the match was a pretty good, really good match um, for being with Eric Stevens, who I knew nothing about from, the, from, the, from beforehand. He seemed pretty power-based, and he kept on trick and, like, the plucky baby face he is. Um Came from behind, he got a roll-up for the win. Trick mm-hmm. Davis with a roll-up for the win, that's how he wins any match he wins. How's that trick looking these days? He was always kind of a, a thin, a thin pale man. Um, he's still pale. He okay. still um, gets some nice redness in his body when he gets hit. But he's uh-huh. buffed up quite a bit. He's, he's definitely got some meat on him now, and he's getting bigger. But unfortunately, his arms aren't as aren't big enough to get by Chris Hero attacking him after the match. Mm-hmm. And just like he did to Eric Cannon last year, he pilmanized Trick Hero's arm. And and like I said earlier, the crowd was half split, and half of them cheered Chris Hero for this dastardly act, while the other half understood that they loved the trick and were mad at the Chris Hero. Now, I just watched the uh, the Wear No Joke show from April 1st uh, last week, and, and it seemed the Hero-Trick Davis feud was was uh, going on then as Hero interf- interfered in the, like, nine-way ladder match. And this is still an ongoing issue uh, six months later. This is this actually stems from TPI of last year when Trick Davis was the first person pushed down mm-hmm. by Chris Hero after his freak attack on Eric Cannon last year. That's right. That happened about a foot away from me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the storyline continued on where we later found out that Chris Hero is the reason that Trick Davis was not allowed to be in the 2005 TPI because he told Ian that Trick is young and not ready and not valid. Hmm. And so going into this year's TPI, a lot of us that are still Trick lovers and Hero haters were looking, hopefully looking forward to when Chris Hero and Trick Davis got a chance to get go into battle, and they actually do first round, second round of night two. Aha. Uh-huh. All right, and uh, last thing on, on Eric Stevens. Uh, is, is he a, uh, what does he look like besides the Mohawks? Is he a skinny guy, normal-looking guy? Um, he's like a normal-looking guy with a little bit of heft. He's got some meat 
meat behind him. He's a, he looks like he should be the power wrestler that he is. Okay. I can't believe Roderick Strong is training people. Hasn't he been wrestling like five years? Something like that. I mean, I, I, heard, I heard that Roderick Strong had a hand in his development. I don't know if he was like a physical okay. trainer, though. Okay. Well, I, I, can, I can deal with that then. Even though Mr. Stevens spells his first name uh, E-R-I-C-K, he sounds like an okay guy. Yes, um, we have many Eric's in IWA, all of them with different spellings. Eric Priest, <laughs> Eric Cannon, and Eric Stevens. All right, up next we had uh, Davey Richards, who's everywhere these days, beating Jigsaw. Um, this is my first chance getting a chance to really see Davey Richards. I haven't watched any of the big tournaments this year except for um, TPI, so this is my first chance to see him, and he can bring the pain. Mm. He's got um, quite a... He, you could tell he, he likes the British Bulldogs. He brings a lot of dynamite and Davy Boy into the matches. In fact, calling out some moves by like Davy Boy. He did a Davy Boy power slam hmm. once, and he yelled dynamite suplex when he did a match <laughs> suplex once. Yeah, I've seen um, Davy uh, twice live, and he, he does bring the pain quite a bit. Yeah. So a, a good find. He seems quite hurty with his moves. Yeah. He hits you hard. Um, and then we have the Hurdy Davy Richards against um, Lucha Tastic Jigsaw um, from Chikara, who actually kind of was hard hitting with Davy Richards in this match. He didn't really go for the Lucha stylings. He kind of kept it more uh, ground and pound, as mm-hmm. John Cena would say. <laughs> uh, so and, how's, uh, uh, how's Jigsaw looking? Is he? He was always a skinny guy too. He's a, he's got a little meat on him too. He's um still still skinny, still definitely luchador build, but he's not as skinny white kid as he used oh, to previously be. Um, this match had Jigsaw hitting his great Hurricane Ranas. He he has this nutty ability to jump almost as high as the, the head of the person that he's doing his standing Hurricane Ranas with. They're unbelievable. I think he does a, a jumping hurricane run into the corner. Like, if a guy's on the top rope, he'll just jump and do a, yes. a run off the top. Yes, he does do that. I don't, know, I don't know if he did that night one, but I know he pulled one out. One of those out night two. Hmm. He was great with that. Um, this match ended with some sort of submission. I couldn't quite see. I was on the wrong side of the ring mm-hmm. for it. I don't know what it is, but he was definitely not... Jigsaw was definitely knotted up by Davy Richards for the, for the submission win. I think Davy has a move where he wraps his leg around your leg or like around his neck like a horse collar and then does something or other. Um, actually, I believe he did that once earlier in the match, but it, I don't believe that was the submission that he won with. Okay. But he did apply that hold earlier. All right. Uh, speaking of skinny luchadors, up next we had El Generico over Chris Bosch. And Generico, one of my favorites... I've seen him, I think, three times in three different feds, and he always brings the goods and was one of the MVPs of uh, the last TPI weekend in 2004 or five. Oh, yes. Um, I, I'm a Generico fan as well, the Generico Luchador. He's plucky and fun and is not afraid to have fun with wrestling, which is one of the keys for me enjoying a wrestler. Hmm. And um, Chris Bosch um, is the sexiest man alive as he grabbed the mic from Joey Eastman to proclaim himself. Um, he came out to Here I Go Again by White Snake, of mm-hmm. which 
the aforementioned Joey Eastman would not give me the mic to partake in karaoke with, <laughs> like I asked. Oh, well. Um, yeah, they... Um, oh, another thing about Chris Bosch. He has crotch tassels. I see. His outfit has tassels, and he has very... He has a line of tassels in the crotchal region, and they are delightful. They definitely accentuate the sexiest man alive, manhood. Does he spot a, uh, sport a mustache as well? He does not sport a oh. mustache, unfortunately, but he is pasty, white, tubby, sexiest man alive. Good stuff. All right, and uh, how did Generico get the victory? Uh, Generico got the victory with the brain buster the brain buster dropping the opponent's head onto the turnbuckle and yeah. he actually missed the turnbuckle when he did this Whoa. so the brain buster kind of was the it was almost more of a shoulder injury where he because generico dropped his arms on the ropes uh, but he ended up missing so it was quite painful ow and up next, we had uh, the Anarchist. I think he's still the Anarchist. Eric Cannon beating B-Boy. He's still the Anarchist. I okay. still do not trust him um, due to long-standing times of having to see him um, defeat many of my heroes. I still have trouble trusting him. Mm. And B-Boy was great to see back. I hadn't seen B-Boy at an IWA rate. Well, I... I've been watching this year somewhat on DVD, but I haven't. I don't think he's been around since mid 2005. I think mm. so. B Boy got a welcome back from the crowd, and it was delightful. Um, this was uh, as hard hitting as you would expect an Eric Cannon B Boy match to be. Uh, B Boy performed my favorite move of his twice: the facelift drop kick in, while the opponent is sitting in the corner. Where he just uh, drop kicks the man right in the face. Yeah, and yeah. one of them he just kind of drop kicked him in the face and almost stood on his face for a second Ow. before going through. Uh, the finish to the match was Eric Cannon hitting a couple enziguris and then the glimmering warlock his step up enziguri mm-hmm. to get the pin. I believe that was B-boy, actually yeah. the final match of the evening. Oh, it was. Oh, I have these out yeah. of order then. But think, we'll just yeah, proceed. I think you have them out of order. I that had was... to scramble for uh, for results, but okay. But so be it. We will uh, we will just proceed in the listing I have. And uh... surely. Up next, we had um, everyone's favorite, Delirious, beating Scott Loss. So kind of a tough night for the uh, the West Coast guys. Yeah, um, PWG did not get the best showing on this evening. But they did have a great showing in tag matches in night two. Uh, Delirious was delirious to start off. And it was actually quite a um, standard Delirious match where he hit all his main stuff, um, went for the shadows over hell, uh, did not get the pin with that, but then he put on his stretching finisher that he's been defeating people with as of late to get the victory. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else to say about that? Or? Um, well, Delirious. Uh, Scott Lost had some great reactions to Delirious yelling in his face whenever they would lock up. That's good. Scott Lost has a great what-the-hell-is-this-guy-doing face. 
Was Scott Lost? Oh no, that was Joey Ryan last year in uh, yeah, Joey Ryan. Was he was the West Coast. Okay, well, um, next on my list, uh, I don't know whether this was in the evening, but we had Roderick Strong beating Brandon Tomaselli. This was um, mine as well as many other people's uh, match that they were looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't really live up to expectations. I don't quite know what went on, but uh, Brandon seemed almost gassed very early mm-hmm. on. Um, he started off the match by proclaiming himself to be Mr. Impact, since he jobbed to 3D the night uh, before on Impact. Oh. And, which I wasn't quite sure about him doing at a TPI event, because TPI is kind of an IWA standalone event. A lot of people watch that and don't watch it in time order. Mm. So, you know, they're mm. not. I don't know about people watching the, you know, hearing about it and watching the DVD six months later. And knowing about this one kid who jobbed on TNA, getting over via that way. Oh, but, oh well. He was very excited about his TNA appearance, apparently. Hmm. Uh, he hit his air raid, um, Brandon hit the air raid crash, and we thought it was over, but as Roderick tends to do at TPIs, he was uh, had a surprise kick out. And uh, one with just a powerbomb. Hmm. It was... Very odd, very short match that, unfortunately, was the most disappointing match of the first round. Yeah. All right. And then uh, up next on my list, we had Claudio Castagnoli beating Kevin Steen, who went to the finals last year but could not get out of the first round this year. No, he could not. Um, he was not replacing AJ Styles this year. <laughs> so he did not get to get make it to the finals. Um Claudio, oh, it was on night two, Claudio came to the ring as Dr. Wagner Jr. Um, he did not come out that way at night one, which I was, was about that, to That say. would have been odd against Kevin Steen. <laughs> uh, Claudio uh, hit lots of his uppercuts, from what I remember, and pretty much dominated most of the match. And... Uh, Hit a lot. It was almost like a Claudio showcase where he hit most of his moves. He hit the pyramid bomb, mm-hmm. and if I recall correctly, he won with a new um, thing he's doing where it's a tornado European uppercut, kind of like the Texas tornado punch, where he spins around a couple <laughs> times and then brings the European uppercut. Uh, yeah. For with anyone else, that would probably be dumb, but Claudio is such a great man. I can. It sounds tremendous. I, Yes, I'm a huge fan of Claudio. He did not bring the haze with him on this evening, though. He didn't bring it either night, which is a shame. But oh, we well. still got to watch Claudio wrestle, and that's sure. always good. Look. Always a joy. And uh, the last match on my list, we had uh, Loki beating Grand Akuma. Uh, this was quite good. Um, I'm kind of in the minority and I'm not the super biggest Loki fan in the world mm-hmm. and Loki showed me a lot here that I um, haven't really liked out of him in the past he didn't seem to be doing hurdy big moves for the sake of doing hurdy big moves brought, brought together and brought a great story with Gran Akuma of Granakuma being very tentative early on and then finally gustering up the courage to come back and hit Loki 
um, as hard as Loki was hitting him. Hmm. But unfortunately, uh, he did not come out well in the end when Loki did the best double stomp I've ever seen Loki do, where he landed on Granikuma's chest and did not slide off. Ow. He just landed and just stayed flat on his chest. And it was great to see life up close. I don't get how you can do that move and not collapse someone's lung or, or break a rib or, or kill a guy. No, I don't either. And he, Loki did very solid double stomps both nights at DPI. And I've, I mean, I understood this like Dudley used to do it where, you know, he didn't weigh as much as Loki. Yeah. But it was definitely hurting. I mean, and Grand Akuma was definitely feeling the effects, but. But Spike usually just kind of just, he didn't jump, he just kind of dropped off the top rope onto a guy. Like, Loki gets, like, super air and just Yeah, he gets super air and he looks, and he always bends his knees up so it looks like he's going he's gonna to push forward. Mm. But really, he just keeps his knees, knees bent mm. and he just comes full force in a squat, just right on the guy's chest. Interesting. And well, Loki oh, got go ahead. to the second round. And Loki got to the second round. All right, well, that, uh, I believe... Wraps up uh, night one out of order. Sounds like a, a big thumbs up of a show. It was definitely um, very solid. There, I mean, although Brandon and Roderick was not as good as we all expected it to be, mm-hmm. it still wasn't necessarily bad, bad. So yeah. there wasn't really a bad match at all. And there was no filler openers. It was just 12 straight first-round matches for the whole evening. Mm-hmm. How long did the uh, show go? A show started, uh, 7.45 was the introductions, and I'd say the show itself started around 8 and went until, I believe they had to be out of the, had to have the fans out of the building by midnight, so I think oh. it ended around 11.50. Not nearly as long as prior TPI. <laughs> Only a, uh, a uh, four-hour show, and I'm like, oh, that's not so long. No, um... Probably the shortest IWA show I've ever gone to. Wow. <laughs> do you prefer the? Uh, do you, I mean, do the longer shows bother you? Do they wear you down, or is it because it's it's usually good wrestling? You don't mind. It's a good. I I've never won to mind. It's more wrestling. More wrestling is fun. Um, mm-hmm. And for the first time at an IWA show, I didn't fully lose my voice night one either. Hmm. I did night two, but. <laughs> okay, well that's good to know. I just had a. I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind. I mean, I understand why they do. Sometimes shorter shows can be a bit better if there's if there's filler. I understand why if you're a Ring of Honor or an IWE Mid South, you do longer shows because you can put them out on on DVD, and the more you have, the more appealing it is to uh, a potential buyer. And if you're watching a show on yeah. DVD and you're tired of wrestling, you can hit pause and go walk the dog or uh, or you know not watch wrestling. You really have that option at a live show. I remember I was at a, a small show called uh, Collision Pro Wrestling here in lovely Massachusetts that went like, I think it was like four and a half hours, and it was just interminable. I, I remember like the, the three and a half hour mark, they um they had like a, a tag match, and, and someone thought it would be good to do a Zabisco stall at this point. And, I, and the whole crowd just groaned, and I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure I stood up and said, somebody do something, because that's how I, I felt, so... What, was it the infamous Crab Man I've heard of the Massachusetts Indies? No, the, the Crab Man was not involved. The uh, the Widowmaker was involved on this show, who is rather legendary in his own way. But 
<laughs> that's a story for another time. Ah. Uh. So it does sound like a, a a big thumbs up for night one, and um, I guess that's it. Unless you have anything else you would like to discuss. Uh, no, I don't. The TPI was a very good time. Uh, All right. T- night two was even better, and I hope that your listeners get to enjoy the greatness of night two here to come. Oh yes, we'll be talking to uh, Jtron uh, momentarily. J-Tron. Yes, is uh, it will be momentarily for the listeners. I will. I wish I had a commercial I could play like Dr. Keith does on his show, but I will just have a musical interlude and. Um, I, I can make you a commercial if you like. I'll Wrestling is good. Wrestling is great. All right, That's fantastic. Right. <laughs> All right, do you have anything you uh, would like to plug? No, I'm not oh, affiliated okay. with any official websites or anything of that nature. I just tend to be a fan that enjoys going to wrestling shows. That are within driving distance of myself. All right, fantastic. Well, uh, good luck with with the wedding. Thank you very much. All right, it should be hopefully a happy day. It'll be even happier if you play the show over and over at the reception. But well, thank you for being on. And uh, if there are any more big IWA Mid South shows, we will uh, get you back on to discuss them. Thank you very them. much, Joe. Hopefully All right, you can and get uh, out to another one. Oh, I would love to come out. I was uh, I was foiled by terrorism and poor planning on my part this year, but. Will, will uh, they will, but uh, I will not let the terrorists win, and I will return to see uh, Midwest Independent Pro Wrestling. Yes. So, well, we'd uh, be happy to have you back. Oh, thank you. So, um, again, thanks for being on, and I will be back in mere seconds with JTron. <laughs> And we're back, and my guest right now is a, a producer, I guess you could say, for, for numerous Midwest independent groups, including I, NWA... Oh, what's that? Um, never mind, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Uh, including, I believe, NWA Midwest, AAW, and NWA The Moon. Yeah. He is Jesse Irwin, or JTron, but we'll call him Jesse. How you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great, Jim. Thanks. Uh, also, I also help out with the video for Shimmer Women Athletes Wrestling. Oh, wow. They're taping coming up on October 22nd. You can get the DVD through ROH. Very preemptive plug right there. Hey, you know. Now, uh, what exactly do you do for these groups as a producer? Do you do film shows? Do you just um, work behind every, the scenes? Everything from uh, working the cameras to I do the DVD production for some of the groups. And okay. uh, starting to get a little bit more into sort of the live presentation aspect, running the uh, the video walls, shooting promos, all that stuff. Oh, wow. So you must have a bunch of stories from uh, from your, your work. Oh, not that many. I mean, a lot of the time as a camera guy, you're out there with the crowd, and you don't really see any behind-the-scenes the stuff. You you see what the audience sees. Oh. Uh, most see, of the time, we're not informed of anything that's going to happen. We just have to react to it, you know, as well we can. Oh. So you haven't run afoul of the, the Necro Butcher or anything like that? Oh, no. Oh, no. The, uh, the closest I ever came um, to having a problem like that of the show was uh, shooting an NWA Midwest show last year. Uh, there was a match between Ace Steel and Danny Dominion. Uh, now, uh, for NWA Midwest, they usually have my camera set up on top of a couple uh, folding tables, the kind you're used to seeing at wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Ace and Danny, you know, I forget which one. I think it was Ace body slammed Danny on the table that my camera tripod was resting on, and uh, I, I almost pooped my pants. <laughs> Uh, I that's, see. Uh, All right then. That's as physical as it's gotten for me, though. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. So, uh, how long have you been a fan of IWA Mid South? Well, you know, I moved to the Chicago area in 2003, mm-hmm. and um, I'd seen IWA Mid South before that. Uh, you know, I'd heard of Chris Hero and CM Punk and all those guys. I didn't get to see a live show until early 2004, and I started going to the Highland shows pretty regularly. And that was when they were uh, they had a real hot streak of shows in Highland. I think was 2004. They had a lot of big names and whatnot. Yeah, uh, Abdullah the Butcher, Dusty Rhodes, uh, Chris Candido started as a regular in 2004. Hmm. A, bunch, a bunch of guys came through. Oh, so you, do you follow? Do you go to the shows regularly now, or just big shows? Or um, I go whenever I can. Um, lately, IWA has been running the same nights as AAW does. Ah. Since AAW pays me to be there. Um, <laughs> That's more of uh, that's more of a lure for me, but I do try to follow up on uh, all the IWA shows I miss on DVD. Oh. So how how is uh, AAW? I've never that's um, Danny Daniels' group. Yeah, Danny Daniels is involved with it. actually a lot of a lot of faces that would be familiar to the IWA fans. Uh, Merrick hmm. Brave, Tyler Black, Tyler Black's actually the champion there. Oh. Um, Chris Hero and Claudio Castagnoli have made an appearance. Uh, you get a lot of faces in and out. We got to see uh, Eric Cannon versus Merrick Brave at their last show. Uh, North Star Express showed up and had a match. Um, it's good. The way that I, I I was actually talking to a friend of mine the other day about this, and uh, I would say that while a good IWA show is kind of like a clash of the champions, mm-hmm. the AEW show is like the best Raw you've ever seen. Hmm. Like things are always moving. There's good wrestling, but you're not going to see any 45 minute. You know, two out of three falls where the audience sort of may lose interest. It's more of like a, a sports entertainment crowd. But okay. the, matches, the matches are still very solid, and the shows are a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, talking about the, the Big Ted Petty Invitational. Right. Oh, man, what a weekend. Yeah, we talked to Ken Drelling earlier in the show about uh, Night One. He gave a big thumbs up. Uh, what were your quick thoughts on Night One? Uh, you know, when Night One was over, you know, it, it's, there's always the temptation to uh, compare what you've just seen to what you've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I I hadn't seen any of the earlier Sweet Science 16s or Ted Petty's um, before 2004 live, into the 2004, 2005, and now 2006 ones. But of all the ones I've seen live or on tape, I would say that as a night one, it's the best night one I've ever seen. Mm. And uh, what was the best match? Seems uh, Mike Quackenbush and Cole Cabana was kind of the consensus for the, the best match. Great. Uh, that that was a terrific match. Both guys are really about as good as you're going to get doing sort of the uh, the Mexican and European influence style here in America. As for his best match, man, that's, you know that's a really tough call. Mm. Let's see. Give me a second to think. I will say, I'd never been an El Generico fan, mm-hmm. but he really impressed me on night one on uh, his match in his match with Chris Bosch. Uh, at one point, he did. They were both on the outside. Generico dives through the ropes on one corner, going mm-hmm. into the ring and then out of the ring, and caught Bosch in a tornado DDT. Whoa. And it was it was amazing. Wow. Yeah. I, I think I jumped up about six feet in the air. <laughs> now, how many people were there for night two? I think uh, it was around 250 for night one. Um, I, the crowd looked a little bit thicker on night two. I'm really bad at estimating crowd size, so. Yeah. 
I'm kind of the same way. Uh, how long did the show go? I know night one went about four and a half hours, and Ken commented it. I think it was the shortest IWA show he'd been to. <laughs> uh, I think night two went a little longer, maybe five hours. Oh, that's not, that's not so bad. Not that bad. <laughs> All right, well, I have the results here in front of me. We can go over them. Quickly, oh, sure. I, I went over the results in the wrong order for night one, but I believe I have them in the proper order. So, uh, we opened up with the aforementioned El Generico beating M Dog Twenty after his brain buster on the yeah. uh, top turnbuckle. Um, that brain buster is gnarly. Uh, I remember the first time I saw it live. Um, I I thought Sal Tomaselli, who we did it on, I thought Sal was dead. Mm. It, it's a very very impressive, uh, very very impressive move. Hold on, I'm just getting back to some of my uh, notes from the shows. Sure. Um, M-Dog was so, he, he, I, he was so good during the show, but mm. so much stuff ended up happening during that night that I, I feel bad that I don't remember much of his match. Yeah. Such an amazing card, and unfortunately other things stick out more. Uh, I, I can't wait till the DVD comes out of this, just so I can go back and you know revisit everything from the first time around. Mm-hmm. All right, and then uh, match two, we had Claudio Castagnoli beating uh, Mike Quackenbush, and it sounds like another great match. Um. Claudio and Quack did some stuff in that match that I've never seen before. Um, I don't even really know how to describe it, but just as pure athletic spectacle without descending into sort of the strong style realm of, you know, you hit me, I hit you, let's see how mm-hmm. hard we can hit. These guys were just spectacular. Wow. Uh, and I, I think Quack and Bush made us. You know, every, everyone in the Chicago area knows Colt. But I think sure. uh, knows Colt and knows Claudio. I think Quack made a lot of fans that night. That's good. I think uh, Ian gave uh, one of his Ian speeches afterwards about how oh, yeah, uh, Quack yeah, needs yeah. To, to come out. Yeah, yeah. But hey, the more Quack we get around here, the better. Yeah, that's true. All right, sounds like we're two for two so far. And uh, up three we had, uh, sounds like a very interesting match. We had Loki beating Davey Richards after stomping on him from the top rope. You know, Claudio and Quack ended, and the first thing that I thought was, how is anyone going to be able to top that? And Loki and Davey Richards' match was... I mean, obviously, they, they managed to at least equal that. But the way they did it was really good because they started off slow. They knew mm-hmm. with all the, all, all the crazy mat work that Claudio and Quack were doing. There's no way to compete with that, at least right off. So they started off really slow, long-feeling out and built it up, built it up, and built it up. Sounds like these two would uh, really pound on each other. It, it seems like this would be maybe the hardest-hitting match of the, uh, the second night. Um, no, it was not the hardest-hitting match, but well. they sure tried. I mean, <laughs> Any anytime you get low key in a ring, you're gonna you're gonna see some crazy strikes mm-hmm. uh, that'll make you win sitting 20 feet away, or probably even if you're just watching it on DVD. Davy Richards was trying to go toe to toe with him, and it was really impressive. What do you think of uh, Davy Richards? Have you seen a lot of him before? Or? No, um, I I haven't seen any of his stuff on tape. I've seen him live three times, three times. Well, no, actually counting this weekend, I guess uh, four times, and. I, I wish I'd been clued into him sooner. He's a great talent. Mm. All right. Then uh, match four, we had Chris Hero beating Trick Davis by ref stoppage. And uh, I was talking to Ken about how this, this feud has been going on for, it seems like, a year since the last TPI. Yeah. Well, you, you know, they sort of, uh, it was getting hotter and hotter this spring. And then I think with all of Hero's, I'm not really sure what the cause was, but uh, I think maybe Hero getting more and more indie bookings, uh, he wasn't able to come to IWA as much. Mm-hmm. So the feud seemed to kind of fade fade to the background, which is too bad because the whole three-way feud, the hero trick and the necro butcher was just incredible. Um, it was great to see them revisit this 
feud at the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, this is this is another match where I didn't think they had a chance in hell of being, being able to live up to what the last couple matches have done. And through a combination of just a strong story going into the match and some of the brutal arm work that Hero was doing on Trick, I thought he was going to wrench the poor kid's arm off. Mm. All right. And, uh, oh, yep, yeah, still here. Okay, sorry about that. Hello? Oh, no, no problem. And, okay. uh, oh, thing I want to mention really quick was sure. um, Claudio coming out dressed as Dr. Wagner Jr. from Mexico. Oh, uh, yes. Ken uh, hinted at this last night. Yeah, complete with uh, Bad Medicine by, jo- by Bon Jovi <laughs> as his entrance music. It was great, and I think you know the other three or four Lucha Libre fans in the audience all marked out as hard as I did. Oh, yeah. So after Hero and Trick, uh, we've got Canada and Hollow Wicked. Yep. Um, yeah, Hollow Wicked, I think, has got to be one of the most underrated guys out there. Mm. Um, he, he was real solid all weekend. Uh, I, I wish he would come come around more often so I could see him live more. Guys got probably the best head scissors in wrestling right now. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I really hope we get to see more of his tag team with Delirious uh, in the upcoming months too. Cause those That's guys true. Chemistry together. Yeah, I was kind of worried uh, he would get kind of lost in the shuffle with all the big, huge names there this weekend. But it sounds like he was uh, he had a real good weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, then uh, up next we had. Uh, Oh, kind of an odd matchup. We had Roderick Strong uh, beating Delirious. Right, right. Um, well, you know, Delirious can take a beating. I don't know how much Delirious you've seen. Uh, I've seen uh, a pretty good amount. Okay, yeah, you, you know that. And it was definitely interesting to see uh, Delirious's kind of out-there style with Roderick Strong being a very sort of by-the-numbers, um, he'll, he'll break your back kind of Yeah, guy. Roderick's pretty straightforward in his... Uh... Yeah, very straightforward. He's got sort of a very serious character to him. And Delirious is completely insane. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought they had great chemistry. Uh, I hope they get to mix it up again sometime in maybe Ring of Honor or back in IWA or anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's the first uh, six matches of the second round of the TPI. Then we had some non-tournament action because uh, I guess Here's all these matches weren't here. enough. What's that? We had uh, the old-school IWA guys of uh, Terry yeah. and Kickboxer. Mm-hmm. Against, uh, against the Iron Saints, who've been sort of holding up, holding up the bad end in IWA for the last so. Um, mm-hmm. I was really curious as to how this match uh, w- would go, and I was surprised when um, we had Tarek the Great turning on his partner within mm-hmm. the first few minutes. Um, things got pretty confusing after that. Uh, there were a lot of run-ins, and I was watching from the merch table, so uh, ah. I didn't really have too good a view of what was going on, but it was just the, all the chaos, you know, the chaos growing out of that was just an appetizer for what would happen later on in the show. Okay, how did um how did Tarek and Kickboxer look? I've seen a pretty good amount of Tarek, uh, not lately, but back uh, a couple of years back. I haven't seen a lot of Kickboxer actually. Um, I haven't seen any Tarek recently, but I've seen Kickboxer in a few IWA shows, and uh, he's still great. That's good I'm to a, know. I'm a fan of the guy's work, and he was on a Totally Tool Wrestling three as well as Izzy High. <laughs> that actually was one of his uh, old gimmicks, I believe. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I was wondering about that, because he had some great gear for it. Jersey, <laughs> everything. All right, well... That, that tag match sort of metamorphosed into a six-man mm-hmm. with uh, Eddie Kingston, Joker, and Ricochet against all three of the Thomas Alleys. Mm. Uh, again, um, Kingston and Joker, obviously, long partnership for CZW. Uh, mm-hmm. Kingston faced all the Thomas Alleys at some point, and, um, you know, having Ricochet in there, too, to sort of show off his... Uh, the high flying stuff was really nice. 
Uh, I heard I heard he won the match with a double moonsault. Again, everyone was uh, standing up and freaking out. Uh, it looked more like some sort of half corkscrew kind of thing to me. Whatever it was, it was pretty neat looking, and mm-hmm. definitely had uh, definitely had the audience pretty jazzed. All right, how is a uh, young Ricochet? I've only seen one match of his. That was like the nine way ladder match from Where No Joke, and uh, I mean, it seems like he's a good high flyer. I don't know. He, he seems like a young guy. He probably doesn't have the whole game yet, but. He's real young. He's got a lot of talent, and uh, hopefully he'll be around for a while to develop that talent. Okay. Um, he then, had, he had go a, ahead. He had an excellent match with Matt Seidel at uh, IWA's Extreme Farewell Show this past year. Uh, mm. The last appearance of move in the Indies before going back to uh, ECW. Oh. Um, Seidel, Seidel ended up winning, but a, a very good match. Okay, and then uh, up next, kind of reminiscent of last year's... Uh, Eight-man elimination match. We had a six-team losers gauntlet match. Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, I rewatched that eight-man match just the other day. It still holds up. Oh yeah, still a lot of fun. Um, I'd say the star of the six-team gauntlet, at least for the first part of it, was Colt Cabana. Seen uh, didn't seem to want to be out there with him as his partner. Uh-huh. Um, they they were they, they had a lot of tension, and I think uh, Cabana ended up hitting him with a couple hard shots during the match. Um, between their interaction and uh, Chris Bosch doing what I'm told is called the lion cock pose, where he just holds his fist out like he's uh, like he's rocking out really hard. <laughs> um, but I think everyone in the ring ended up taking an inadvertent crotch shot from him. Like you, you can't avoid the lion cock, I guess. This sounds like a, a ten star match. Oh, it, it was at least ten or eleven stars, yeah. Wow. And uh, this match also featured Eric Choo Choo Stevens, who I, I heard about for the first time earlier in the show. You, you know, um, this was a TPI weekend. It was my first time seeing Eric Stevens, and I sure hope he comes back. Mm. Uh, he, he'd fit in real well in IWA. A guy who seems to know how to brawl, seems to know how to wrestle. And uh, anyone can get the Choo Choo over. <laughs> it's going on for him. Oh, that kills me. Well, uh, back to the tournament. Up next, we had Eric Cannon beating Claudio Castagnoli. And, uh, well, that kind of surprised me, but I guess not. Um, I'm sorry, what surprised you? Oh, uh, Erica going over Claudio, but uh, I guess you not. Know, um, they they faced each other enough in Chikara that I mm-hmm. think they know each other really well. Um, and, you know, up until the end, this is Cannon's year. Mm. Uh, I don't think there's anything that could have stopped him. Oh. All right, so another good match, I, w- I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, there was not... There was... There was Barely time to catch your breath on mm. Saturday because it was just great match after great match after great match. Even the ones that I'm not going on about yep. would have standout matches on any other show. Wow. Yeah. All right. So uh, up next, we had Roderick Strong beating Chris Hero with uh, the results say an awesome backslide. Yeah, it, it was really well done. Again, um, I missed some of it just due to being sort of in the back of the crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. The match was the match was brutal. Um, I really thought Hero was gonna was gonna pull it out. Hmm. I, I I hear these guys have a match coming up at the Ring of Honor, and I'm really looking forward to that because of this match. That's right. Yeah, they've got yeah. They've got great chemistry. Okay, and the last third-round match, we had Loki not surprisingly, beating El Generico in uh, a short yet great match, the results say. Again, I, I'll admit to having been a hater, but I'm on the Generico train now. He totally uh, he, he managed to hang with Loki. And I've been on, I've been on the uh, Generico train for a while. I've seen him, I think, live in three different feds, and he has brought the goods really every time I've seen him. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna reexamine 
you know, some of the past stuff that I've seen. Maybe I've been wrong this whole time. Oh, it happens. Yeah. All right. So, now we have. Uh, I think I think Generico is definitely elevated, uh, elevated himself through his hard work in the tournament, and especially mm-hmm. the match with was just terrific. Okay, and then uh, more non-tournament action. We had Josh Abercrombie beating Tyler Black to keep the IWA Light Heavyweight Championship and uh, kick Black out of IWA for six months. Yeah, the feud's been going on for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Josh has had he, he's had his hands on the title almost uninterruptedly since uh, the IWA um, since uh, their show in the ECW Arena last year, which mm-hmm. is serious for the title. Um, Josh has grown into being a terrific champion. Uh, I guess you could call him a heel, but, you know, I hear most of the audience cheering for him whenever he's out there. I don't know if it's a mustache. I don't know if it's the Zubas. I don't know if it's, if it's his little neon fruity hat he wears. Uh, personally, I think it's because he's a great wrestler. Hmm. And people are picking up on that. Um, after, hey, have you already talked about all the craziness that happened? Cause I have, I, we have not, no. Oh, man, you could write a book on that. <laughs> I was sitting next to uh, I was I was I was sitting at the merch table next to a promoter Ed Schumann, mm-hmm. promoter for NWA Midwest. Sure. He said after sort of the post match events, which I'll get into. After the post match events, he said it was the hottest twenty minutes of wrestling he'd ever seen. Wow. Um, for those who uh, who haven't already heard, matches going on. Um, looks like Tyler Black is about to pin Josh Abercrombie and Jim Fannin makes his return to action, pulling the ref off, uh, which I don't think anyone in the crowd expected. Um, immediately afterwards, Jimmy Jacobs, who uh, you may remember threw the IWIA title in the trash at an AAW show last year. That's right. He, he comes in and helped, uh, helped Abercrombie finally beat Black, which personally I thought he would have done anyway, but what are you going to do? Yeah. So it, uh, it looks like Josh was there to try to sort of... Uh, you make amends between Fan and, and Jacob because they've been at each other's throats for months. Um, and I, I really thought, you know, this was going to be some brand new day, and Fannin was going to be leading those two to more gold in IWA. And all of a sudden, Fannin's got uh, Fannin's got Jimmy Jacobs, and I couldn't tell if it was a choke or a bear hug, but he's got him pretty, he's got him pretty hard. Fannin's a pretty strong guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mitch Page and Bull Payne came running in and just kicked the crap out of Jimmy. Um, crowd was about ready to riot. Um, uh, Toby Klein runs in, uh, gets, uh, helps helps run off uh, me and Mitch and Bullpen. You know, it's uh, him. He ends up having a title match and losing his title to uh, Young Chuck Taylor that day. Uh, mm-hmm. right, right, right as that happened, even though he'd been beaten up by the BMFs quite a lot. Um, Chuck wins the title, which you know again. On any other show, there would have been a huge pop, and it would have been really notable. So much stuff happened on the show that you know it seems like it's almost like a side story, but it was definitely a great moment. Chuck's a young kid, but he's got a lot of talent. Um, the BNS come back in, beating the crap out of Chuck Taylor. Uh, Eric Stevens and Ricochet come in. Uh, they're beating them up. Necro Butcher comes in, and it was the loudest pop I've ever heard at a wrestling show. Really? Yeah, actually, beating the previous loudest pop, which was at Jakara's tag tournament earlier this year, when CP Monk's head fell off, and it was revealed to be the Necro Butcher. <laughs> well, I don't know if the guy has that much that much hold over the crowd or what it is, but it was it was just an incredible atmosphere. Wow. 
yeah, the, the 250 or 300 people in, in, in the room, I mean, it felt more like a 6,000-person arena. Uh, and, you know, even after all that, all that craziness, all that, you know, years of story coming together in just 20-minute, half-hour period, we still had the finals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have thought the crowd would have been worn out, but they totally got into it. Um, wow, and uh, the finals were low-key against Eric Cannon and Roderick Strong, and this went about 35 minutes, I believe. Yeah, I, I think you're about right. And, you know, if you'd wanted to put together a match that was just the, uh, the hardest choppers and hardest strikers in wrestling, you could do worse than just pick those three and put them in a match against each other. Mm. It, it was it was brutal. I don't know how any of those guys were breathing afterwards. Wow. Yeah, it was... Um, I think uh, Cannon really stood up well and proved himself against these two guys that are a lot more famous than him, two guys who've gone to Japan who, you know, mm-hmm. really made a name for themselves. I think Cannon showed that he could stand... And you know, being equal. Mm. Um, Key was just out of this world. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't think there's any question that he deserved to win the tournament. Um, his performance all week was incredible. And then after the finals, uh, when Chris Hero ran in to decide to uh, talk a little trash to Loki, I mean, I think that's going to set up a lot of fun stories for IWA in the future if uh, they can stick to it. Yeah, I don't think uh, Key and Hero has ever been done before. You know. Um, if it has, I haven't heard of it. I think maybe it's been done uh, by one of the other feds in Philly or Pittsburgh, but, you know, that's that's not IWA, so it's just, yeah. it's not IWA. It hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, so, uh, overall, um, mm-hmm. and I, some some people might not believe this, but I know I'm not the only one who's said, who's said this. Night two of this year's TPI is the greatest wrestling show I've ever seen. Wow. You want to talk about live, you want to talk about on tape or on TV or whatever. Any pay per view, any big foreign supercard, um, this was the, this was the best. And so, if you like wrestling and you don't make an effort to search out the show, uh, you're a sucker. You're a sucker in a shop. <laughs> so five thumbs up, it sounds like for this show. Uh, as many thumbs as you could possibly find up all of them. Wow. A, a million billion stars. All right. Sounds like good stuff. Um, I can't wait for the show to come out, but uh, oh, neither, neither can I. But I haven't, I haven't seen a lot. Of, the only show I've seen from this year for IWA, I'm very far behind, is the uh, the We're No Joke show from April 1st. Uh, what other yeah. shows should I be, I be seeking out here in the interim? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I'm actually not near my giant racket of uh, wrestling DVDs right now. Oh. Um, I would say Extreme Farewell should be picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, was Necro Joe 2 this year, or was that last year? Um, I think it may have been last year. I'm not sure. Oh. Or the, but it's a show to pick up anyway. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I I would pick up simply the best seven. That got a lot of uh, that got a lot of good reviews. I was there. It was a real fun show. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I I would definitely pick up the TTI this year. And then if you're if you're a little behind or if you're not familiar with the IWA product, just work backwards and forwards from there. Um, keep an eye out for Josh Abercrombie matches. Uh, Toby Klein's been great as champ. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some good Billy Rock matches down in Plainfield, Indiana, but uh, I usually can't make the Plainfield show, so I couldn't tell yeah. you. I remember the first IWA Mid-South show I saw was, I think, King of the Death matches 2001, <laughs> way back when. Right. I tape I got off eBay, so I'm uh, kind of old school. I remember that was the first time I saw Necro Butcher and uh, and, and Toby Klein actually, and uh, and Chris Hero in a death match was my first Chris Hero match. But yeah, I wonder Chris if that's Her- on DVD. 
2001? Yeah. I don't know if they re-released old shows. Probably not. Yeah. I, well, no. They've. Uh, I know they've been going through the older uh, King of the Deaths tournament mm. and trying to put them out on DVD. So I'm not sure. I would visit SmartMarkVideo.com. Yes, that's for all your IWA Mid South needs. And Totally Tool Wrestling, and soon NWA Midwest. Oh, good stuff. And yep. uh, what about NWA The Moon? Um, I'm not at liberty to say too much about NWA The Moon. Um. There are some faces, both familiar and unfamiliar, from the local wrestling scene that are involved. What I will say is that the rights to run shows on the moon, have, you, if you want to run a show in 1-6 Gravity, you have to go through NWA the moon. Um, and I hear that they're making territorial claims on the orb on the orbit around Earth as well. So once you leave the atmosphere, if you're on a space station and you want to have a shoot match, uh, if you're on some sort of lunar mining platform and you want to do some Lucha Libre, you've got to go through NWA the moon. Wow, that's quite a territory. It is. It, it's a big territory, but, you know, I think it's uh, it's ripe for the plucking. Uh, they haven't gotten a lot of wrestling out there in space. And, uh, you know, I think once they see the good Midwestern products transplanted to outer space, they'll just be hooked. All right. And uh, what about AAW? How can we see these shows? AAW can be seen at aarrestling.com. They have DVDs available for purchase as well as matches available to watch on the Internet or download. All right. I that know recently, um, I, think, I think the last match they put up is Trick Davis versus Silas Young, which is a real hot match, and it's got a Jimmy Jacobs involvement as well, too. So if you like any of those guys, check it out. All right, very good. Do you have anything else you would like to plug? Um, not right now. I think I've plugged everything I possibly could. Well, I, I will plug your uh, your live journal for you, uh, Tronathon <laughs> or whatever. Very entertaining. I visit very uh, frequently posted to, unlike mine, which is a neglected, a neglected child as far as... <laughs> these things go but we, we'll post a link to the Tronathon very um a, a hearty Tron. thumbs up Live. to me if you want to read the sad mutterings of a fat old man <laughs> I did like the entry on the uh, the, the sex dictionary you linked to <laughs> that was about 10 hours of entertainment sex and dictionaries two of my favorite things oh uh, the Donkey Kong punch oh boy <laughs> alright well All right. um, definitely want to thank you for being on uh, you're a uh, hey, wonderful guest and, and uh, if if you any more happenings in the IWA Mid South or anywhere in the Midwest or the, or the Moon, well, we'll you definitely know, um, try. Oh, go ahead. For, for your listeners in the Midwest, uh, IWA does have three shows coming up uh, within the next month that will, in total, form their 10th anniversary celebration. Hmm. Um, check the IWA Mid South uh, Wrestling website for that. As well, AAW has a big show on October 21st, and then the next day, uh, Saturday, the, uh, Sunday, the 22nd at 2 p.m. Uh, We've got a 2 p.m. bell time for the Shimmer taping, and they're going to be taping two full DVDs that day. So if you like athletic, technical, women's wrestling, come out for Shimmer. All right, sounds good. I'll do some plugging of my own. Everyone should visit joeversustheworld.com. We have a full archive of shows uh, arranged by subject matter, so you'll find something you like. And uh, if you have any questions, concerns, feel free to drop me a line. You can leave a comment on the webpage or the email. And I want to thank JTron for being on. And uh, any final words? That's it. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and I will talk to you soon.